really, uh, telehealth. There are so many telehealth disruptor banks. Some of them go to Facebook and Google and they're like, it's so competitive in there in my category. Well, like, I don't, I can't afford to keep acquiring customers in Facebook. And that could be in the early days. They just raised some seed money. Maybe they're spending 100K per month on Facebook alone. Like, I need to get off of Facebook. I can't scale. So they come to TV way earlier. Where another brand, let's say gaming, can ride scale to $100 million plus on Facebook and it still works like a charm. So there's not like this magic number where like, oh, in general, blank across all brands. It really depends on your category and how competitive it is in digital for you. On this episode of the Rich Ad Poor Ad podcast, we have Skylar Logston, employee number one over at Tatari. Learn how Tatari spends over $100 million a year on TV advertisements. Skylar is going to share how TV tracking has become a leading competitor to digital ads. And also, you'll learn the types of budgets to use when coming up with a plan to start TV ads. And my favorite part is how you'll learn the crazy truth of tracking revenue in TV ads. Now go ahead, grab some popcorn and sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. But before we begin, head over to FunnelDash.com if you are a media buyer or agency owner wanting to learn how you can scale your ads and get cash back while doing so. That's FunnelDash.com. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Zach Johnson and Dylan Carpenter. Welcome to another episode of the Rich Ad Poor Ad Podcast. This is your host, Zach Johnson. Dylan, you ready to talk about some TV advertising today? Oh, yeah, man. I got billions of questions. It's going to be a good one. <laughs> oh, I like it. Well, today's guess is uh, a new one. You know, it's we I don't think we've had anybody on the show talking about TV advertising. So I'm excited to get into it. These guys manage hundreds of millions of dollars a year um, in uh, in TV, which I know absolutely nothing about, mostly just that I like Super Bowl commercials. Um, but uh, today's guest is Skylar Logston, who was the first employee at uh, Tatari. And uh, Tatari is the uh, marketing and advertising um, measurement company, analytics company, data company. I mean, these guys are all uh, data nerds um, and bring in the pretty much kind of the world of, let's say, all the, the world of analytics and attribution that you'd get normally from digital. And they're bringing it all the way online uh, to, the, to the world of, of, of TV. So their clients spend anywhere from 100000 all the way up to $75 million a year uh, on TV. And um, yeah, I'm excited to get into it. Skylar, welcome to the show. <laughs> Zach, Dylan, thank you for having me. It's an honor to be on. I'm excited to meet you both and to chat. Really looking forward to it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, man. So tell everybody, uh, what is uh, Tatari and how are you guys absolutely just crushing it right now? <laughs> yeah, so in short, uh, Tatari is a data and analytics company. We focus solely on the buying and measurement of cable TV and streaming TV. Uh, I think 
how we've had our success over the past five years is we gave the, the modern day CMO uh, a TV experience that they were looking for. So you, you may know TV historically has kind of been spray and pray. It's been for Chevron, for Target, for Geico. They have these big brand budgets and they give them to their traditional media agency and the agency can just rip the money with all their best buddies of the networks. And so that kind of story could work for some brands, but there was a lot of brands that were sidelined of like, hey, that doesn't sound interesting. That doesn't sound compelling. I need to know what is going on with every single dollar. So the modern day CMO uh, typically doesn't come out of Chevron or Geico or Target. They typically were at brands that started out spending money on Facebook and Google. And once they max out Facebook and Google, they want to find the next place for growth. They'll go to TikTok, they'll go to Snap, they'll go to podcasts, billboards, direct mail. But everything they test, they have these digital expectations because Facebook and Google is all they know. So they want to know that cost per visitor. They want to know their cap. They want to test small. They want to be able to scale big if it works. And that just wasn't there five years ago. And so we started the company with the big ambition of make TV feel like digital. Allow brands to do that. Test small. Daily reporting. Let them scale big. And don't make TV such a big brand privilege. It shouldn't be only for Geico and Chevron and for Target. You should be able to hop on and test TV with a smaller budget. So that's what we did. Fast forward positive with about 175 employees uh, across San Francisco, Santa Monica, New York, 200 brands uh, that are growing fast, uh, as I mentioned earlier, in all stages. Small startups, public companies, the big giants. Um, yeah, that is Tatari in a nutshell. Dude, that is amazing. I love it. How, uh, what is the ROAS target of TV, right? Like, uh, is it the same, is it kind of the same as digital? Like everybody just is happy to get 200% ROAS or is it just like, uh, are you, is everyone just happy to get like 1% positive ROAS on TV? I don't know. What's yeah, possible? It's a great question. Um, so I always say that Facebook and Google are our biggest competitors and that may be surprising for you when you first hear that, but then give me a second to explain. Yes, we have to beat off the old traditional media agencies of like, hey, don't go spray your money with them. Like, you want to know what's going on with the money, right? So they come to Tatari. Once they're in with us, the marketer is just looking for where is the most efficient place to spend my next ad dollar. Should Facebook get 80% of my budget? Should TV? Should TikTok, should Twitter, should Pinterest, it's all an opportunity cost of the dollar. Where is this dollar going to get more money back? So we compete with Facebook and Google every single week on ad budgets or, or on ad efficiency for the dollar. Should Manscaped sit, spend X amount with Facebook next week or should we get more of that budget because we're spending back a better ROAS? Now there's other benefits to TV. Yes, we signal prestige. Yes, we gain trust on like Facebook and a Google ad. Uh, yes, people will think that Manscaped is a massive, massive company, which they are growing super, super fast. But just because you see that TV ad, you signal this prestige because you ran in between Chevron and Target. There was a Manscaped ad right in between it. And people are going to assume, wow, Manscaped must be a massive company just because they ran in close proximity to those other brands on a national TV spot or streaming. All right, so let's talk. Let's talk about this for a second. So, yeah. if I wanted to do a uh, 
TV commercials uh, geo-targeted at devices within, uh, let's say, Sand Hill Road of Silicon Valley for uh, $30 million raise. Yeah. Uh, can we get that granular with TV, or is that like, um, like how granular can you go? Yeah, so TV's targeting, you can get very granular, always at the price of the CPM going through the roof. So yes, you can target zips. Yes, you can target interest in psychographics. Uh, you have to go programmatic. That's where uh, you can layer in all this extra data for the targeting, but that CPM will start to drift massively. Um, now, if you're willing to pay that, you could test it and see what the CAC looks like in the bottom of the funnel against when you just go CNN or Bloomberg or CNBC at a $3 CPM. And you see which one drives me a better CAC. Or agnostic, I don't care if programmatic works better than cable versus streaming TV. You could pay the $50 CPM, the $12 CPM, the $3 CPM, and let's just measure what the CAC looks like on a daily basis and we'll spend more on wherever that cap is best. But it's possible. But you're saying it's possible. Like you can get that granular. You can get that granular. All right. Dylan will pay the bill. I'll just tell you what the creative is. Speaking uh, of bills, I do like <laughs> a question. So yeah. you kind of mentioned earlier when somebody maxes out a platform, you know, to then move to TV or TikTok or Snapchat, what kind of budgets do you see people maxing out on? So where it's like, shit, maybe it's time to kind of diversify our, you know, acquisition channels. Essentially, is it pretty big budgets? Or I'm kind of curious what y'all see over there to make it a big indicator. Like, hey, it's the prime time for y'all to kind of really test this out. It depends on the category and how competitive it is in that category. Mm. For example, uh, how many watch ads have you seen on Instagram? How many, <laughs> really? Uh, telehealth. There are so many telehealth disruptor banks. Some of them go to Facebook and Google and they're like, it's so competitive in there in my category. Well, like, I don't, I can't afford to keep acquiring customers in Facebook. And that could be in the early days. They just raised some seed money. Maybe they're spending 100K per month on Facebook alone. Like, I need to get off of Facebook. I can't scale. So they come to TV way earlier. Where another brand, let's say gaming, can ride scale to $100 million plus on Facebook and it still works like a charm. So there's not like this magic number where like, oh, in general, blank across all brands. It really depends on your category and how competitive it is in digital for you. That makes sense. Yeah, I was kind of curious. I was like, man, when you mentioned that, shoot, little max out platforms, I was like, man, those got to be some fat budgets. But hey, it depends on the industry because, yeah, that competitiveness, that'll that'll drive those CPMs up exceptionally. Yeah, every brand has the, uh, the marginal cap. What, the last customer you're paying for, what's that number that you're willing to stomach? And you just... Fire up a channel until you reach that number and you say, I can't afford to pay anymore for a customer. I need to move on to the next channel. TV is different because it scales like a charm. Like a mature marketer will easily spend 60, 70% of their marketing budget on TV at scale once they've already exhausted all their other channels. But in the early days, I don't get anything. They go, they start the company, they go right to Facebook and Google and Facebook and Google eat up the budgets all the way until they max it out. Once they're maxed, then they start to go to radio, to podcast, to subway ads, and then TV is somewhere in that journey, and we can scale them to, I mentioned, $75 million plus per year, and that CAC isn't drifting as we increase spend. Sometimes it even gets better, so it holds or gets better as you increase spend. What's the kind of ratio of overlap y'all see with, you know, I imagine the brands y'all have, you know, if they're doing TV, they're, they're all over the place with other ads. 
So I'm kind of curious how you don't over attribute, under attribute, how you kind of gauge that side. Do you look at ecosystem CPAs or CACs or kind of how that works under y'all's wheelhouse since you just kind of stick to the TV side? Yeah, it's this concept of incrementality. How mm-hmm. do I know that this visitor and purchase only came because of TV or streaming and that's it? And it's this concept that we've been obsessed with since day one of Tatari, and that's because we were obsessed with it as advertisers at TrueCar uh, when we were managing our own TV to the tune of, yeah, I guess I can't share that publicly, but uh, <laughs> yeah, to really massive numbers on TV. And we got to those numbers uh, because of our own in-house measurement. So, um, wait, sorry, what was your question again? I'm trying to think what it was, to be honest. I know, I just think about what was the number? How much did they spend? Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess there's it's public information. You can dig it up yourself, oh. but yeah. Oh, okay, all right. An overlap of sales. Oh, overlap, stuff. incrementality, yes. So everyone can say, oh, this TV uh, customer saw the ad and they came to the website, we get the credit. Facebook does a very good job at view-through metrics. Uh, they invented view-through, they're the worst offenders of view-through, and ironically, everyone in TV or ad measurement wants to do view through as well because your numbers look amazing. So in our product, we actually show you view through and incremental on a daily basis. So the incremental numbers look very, 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 very harsh, but our companies appreciate that we even have the prowess with the numbers to show that of like, hey, these are the visitors that never got hit when you're digital ads. They only came because of TV and that's it. But if you wanna see the view through number because you wanna compare against Facebook, yeah, go ahead, we could toggle and you can go look at your view through numbers. The numbers are wildly different from each other. Now I know the truth is not view through. The truth isn't incremental either. The truth lives somewhere in between those two numbers. So a lot of companies you know, will do their own uh, MMM or MTA analysis uh, to figure out what the actual truth is in between those so two numbers. So how does, how does TV tracking even work? Like is, is everybody just doing like a you know custom URL and you're, tr- and you're tracking clicks? Is, that, is it that basic? Because that's what I would do. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is the uh what's kind of the methodology on tracking tv man tv has advanced so much like and in large part it's because these smart tv manufacturers have helped out the industry big time if you if you think this through these home tvs are mostly smart tvs now the smart tvs are connected to what your home wi-fi routers wow your home wi-fi routers have a ip address these smart TV manufacturers know the IP address in the chipsets. They can detect all the ads that were served within the household. I can tell you, Zach, you woke up this morning, you turned on Bloomberg and you like the stock market. So you, uh, we hit you with a making it up a masterclass ad. And then you switch to CNN and we hit you with a, uh, uh, calm ad. And then since I have access to comms website through the Google Analytics and fully integrate with their uh, apps, flyer, tune, adjust, Kachava, similar, whatever it is, I then can capture that same IP address came and download it calm. Now I'm making it sound very easy. If it was very easy, just closing the loop on the IP address, we would have one data scientist to do it. Instead, we have like 80 because it's a very complex uh, and we're constantly hiring more. Uh, but yeah, the use of IP address in TV attribution is why I can get these brands or why we can get these brands to do TV. And, and what kind of, um, I don't know, what kind of margin of error is there in the, in the attribution model, right? Like in, in the world of, well, I guess not with iOS right now, but like, you know, with, with, 
with like I guess tracking IPs. I mean, are you? Do you have a confidence of like eighty percent accuracy, fifty percent, ninety percent? What's the variance there? Yeah, I think we're really, really good at it. I don't have like a, a confidence interval for it. Oh no, uh, no, he does. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Has, you have like a, a, a thoughts on it? I'd have to ask data science on that, but I, I don't have any kind of off the shelf like, oh, this is uh, the percent or we really struggle on this one. Um, I think we do a really good job at it. I think we lead. The Here's industry. a safe answer. Here's yeah. a safe answer from. Uh, uh, what's what, what's from Anchorman? Yeah, it's accurate ninety percent of the time, sixty percent of the time, every time. <laughs> That's a good one. That's what I should. That's how I should have answered that. <laughs> All right, man. Let's talk about Rich Ed. What is working right now on TV? We have we don't produce spots like we don't. We're not a production shop. We don't have any cameras at Tatari, um, but. Oddly enough, we have this feedback loop across the 200 brands that shows us exactly what's performing on TV. And so there's certain components to a video creative that will make or break, make or break a creative. And if you have a bad creative, it's not driving response, then your campaigns fail right out of the gate. It doesn't matter because your creative is not actually getting anyone to go check out your site or download your app. So the first thing that happens when brands join Tatari, it's actually creative guidance. Even though we're not producing spots, I want to tell you everything that makes a performing TV ad. So- uh, Who does all the creative? I mean, who, who are the creative shops that you guys work with? All across the US, even overseas. Like I meet new production shops every single week because these brands say, hey, this is my production shop. I want you to meet them and I want you to tell them uh, everything that works on TV so they can produce it. So I don't make money off creative. I don't have any partnerships. I just know of production shops that have done good work for our clients. So to give you like one nugget uh, that's in our playbook. And when I say this, you're like, wow, literally I can tell every time there's a Tatari client on cable or streaming. So I've seen that genuine people holding strong eye contact, looking directly in the camera will outperform a voiceover almost every time. There's some outliers, but in general, Genuine people, scruffy beard, someone you bump into uh, at the coffee shop rather than paying a model will actually drive more sales. And so you've seen the, the Roman spots, uh, you've seen Masterclass, you've seen Calm. It's always genuine people saying one value prop right in the camera. Very simple background. You don't see chandeliers. You don't see distracting jewelry because all of that will just take away from what you're trying to tell me. If I see there's a chandelier behind you, I'm gonna say, oh wow, that's a nice chandelier. How much are chandeliers? A chandelier would look awesome in my living room. After this, I'm gonna go check out Wayfair. From your TV commercial, I'm on Wayfair's site, even though you were trying to tell me something completely different, you just paid for a visit and a purchase on Wayfair. So the good ads follow these components. That's again, just one little nugget. I don't wanna give out a playbook uh, publicly. Uh, the opposite of that would be like voiceovers that are very distracting. There's a lot going yeah. on. You jumped out of a helicopter. Uh, you bundled a bunch of value props and like, hey, you choose us because we're cheap. We're quality. We're convenient. You're like, well, I'm lost. Why? How can you be all these things? Like, I don't even know why I should choose you. And you just get lost in the sauce and you don't choose them. Now, with this formula you kind of mentioned, 
is this a formula you can implement 100% of the time and it works most of the time? Or is this something to where if we were to get Ryan Reynolds, he doesn't need a formula. <laughs> like, if you, you kind of get what I mean? Because, I mean, when I see his ads, I don't even care what it is, but I'm just so rolled in because he's so funny. Yeah, great question. So there's outliers, and we learn all the time, and it's very cheap to learn. You could just introduce a creative. We measure daily. So within a day, we can, as long as there's enough data, you can see that creative A is outperforming creative B. And we may learn, like, oh, my gosh, you – gave us an animation spot that you said you made with $200 from your designer. And like, it's actually performing as well as your champion. So let's just run it. Like our creative will point out what we've seen, but we learn something all the time because these brands come out of digital, they are creative and they want to do something against the stomach. And we encourage that because again, daily measurement, I could tell you quickly, just like you would in, Snap, hey, it doesn't work. We tried that image, it's not driving sales, just drop it. We're very unemotional. And we'll just keep adding components to our playbook of like, hey, these are some crazy things we've seen work. If, But really take it even to the next level and do something crazier and we'll see how it does. Now, what's the minimum that somebody needs to spend uh, to get enough data on TV and, and also just the minimum to work with Tatari? Yeah, it depends on the product. Uh, you, know, you don't buy life insurance every day, right? So getting a CAC for life insurance is probably harder than a free mobile game, right? So in order to get data in the bottom of the funnel, you could start smaller. But in general, brands will typically start anywhere from 50 to 100K, run that over three to four weeks. Uh, that's a fine minimum pilot. It depends on what they're spending on digital. Sometimes they step up. You know, there are certain companies are like, I spend a million dollars a week on Facebook alone. When I pilot things, yeah, I go bigger. I start at 300, 400, but that's on them. That is totally on them. We have our minimums just set up because like, hey, the worst pilots are the ones where you don't know whether you should throttle or run for the hills from a channel. And I don't want that being our reputation. So we have minimums set up of like, hey, this is that. This is what I would encourage. And I could look at you in the eye and say, okay, we should have enough data and bottle of funnel to scale this thing or go back to Facebook and Google. And if it's the latter, you'll be happy that we came to that conclusion with as small spend as possible rather than working with a partner who's like, I don't know, and you don't know, let's spend more. Tell me if you feel it then. Next thing you know, you blink your million dollars in on TV and you still don't know how it's going. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It happens. So it happens every week. We take over someone who's not new to TV. They're just very wounded because they spent a lot of money and they have no idea. They come to us like they're new to TV. They're like, just ignore it. Like, it, treat me as if I'm new to TV because my last partner, I have no idea what happened. I don't even know if Creative A is better than Creative B or C. I don't even know if news or sports does better. Treat me like a new brand. I made a mistake. I partnered with someone that was not a good fit for me. Oh my gosh, that sounds awful. This episode is brought to you by Funnel Dash's ad card, the only charge card exclusively for your digital ad spend in partnership with MasterCard. And if you are an aggressive affiliate dealing with dozens of ad accounts, or you are in gray hat or black hat verticals, such as drop shipping, CBD, or other verticals where you're dealing with ad accounts getting shut down, business managers getting shut down, or even de-platform from platforms like Facebook and Google, then you absolutely need to check out Funnel Dash's ad card. We give you unlimited free virtual debit and credit cards. So you can have a dedicated card 
for every single ad account campaign. And you can attach any name and address in the US so you have complete anonymity on the card and at the card level. Plus, one of my favorite features is that you don't have to pre-fund or even top off like most typical virtual card solutions today. So if this is you and you're operating these verticals, whether you're an agency or an advertiser, then check out adcard at funneldash.com. Okay, so it is, for your clients, is TV, is it, is it the most expensive channel for them? And like that's the big that's the that's the the image I have of TV. Do you mean expensive. by CPMs? In, in terms of a CPA basis. Okay. Yeah. In terms of, uh, it's the most expensive channel to test, in large part because of creative. You can't mm -hmm. just use your Facebook ads. You can't take a picture of your contacts and with your phone and throw it on. So it's an expensive one to test. In terms of, is it expensive at the CAC? It depends on when you're testing TV. I don't recommend launching TV a week after you fire up the company because there's so much low hanging fruit and digital that you should go take advantage of and mm -hmm. exhaust it. I want you to stress test Facebook to the best of its ability. Eat up all the low hanging fruit. Once you eat it all that up, you're gonna realize your marginal cap keeps drifting and that's when I should be able to beat Facebook. And then you're gonna say, oh wow, at scale, yeah, you're beating Facebook and you're gonna get a lot more of my budget. When we get budget increases every week, where does that money come from? It comes from Facebook and Google. So, uh, yeah, and, and if our CAC starts to drift, where does the money go when they decrease with us? Facebook and Google. If mm -hmm. we're so connected to Facebook and Google, it's remarkable. Like, when Facebook suddenly starts to not perform well, you just see the messages from the clients flooding in. Hey, guys, uh, adding incremental $300,000 budget next week for you guys. It's so connected then you read in the news like facebook's having performance issues or it's so <laughs> connected so that the the answer of like is it expensive yes to start it's more expensive than what you're used to in digital um but are the caps more expensive it shouldn't be uh, unless you're doing some like big brand campaign where okay we're not even trying to drive sales we're just trying to get this message out there um let's go on the very high premium uh, CPM stuff. This is not a driving sales play. This is just getting our messages out. But most of our brands, you know, hold us to a CAC and we need to be in line with Facebook and Google or beating Facebook and Google. Oh my gosh. That's so crazy. Now, do you think like of the, your clients' TV budget, like what would be the ratio of like TV in the mix? Do you think it represents 20% of their overall budget, 50, 100, like what, what it, if your typical profile, what's the, how much does Facebook and Google own versus Tatari? You think? It depends. How good of a job are you doing? Yeah, it depends on the scale. A mature marketer, easily 60, 70% of their budget will be going to TV at scale. Wow. Early on, maybe 10, 20% of the budget goes towards TV. But as we spoke about earlier, it's all about finding to the point of diminishing returns on digital where you start reallocating that budget to TV. So it really depends on the stage of the company of where they're at uh, with, yeah. with ad spend. Well, I'm just learning about TV ads. I don't, I don't even know what we're supposed to talk about in the podcast anymore. I would say we dive into a nightmare story, to be honest. Yeah. Bring up this poor ad. I want to hear about a dumpster fire, to be honest. I want to hear somebody that just bombed on uh, a creative. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, tell us. Oh, tell us all the bad stories. 
I can't, let's see, a bad story. I think in general, if you run a campaign and it's the most expensive test you've ever had to budget, whether that's because remember Facebook, you'd start up with five bucks. They're used to all this stuff, uh, low-hanging fruit, kind of cheap test. You can fire up Google Ads with five bucks as well. So if you put together a budget that's pretty chunky, with a 50K could is very chunky in comparison to $5, and your website has problems that week of the pilot, uh, that's just the ultimate, right? Like you come to the site and you can't actually convert them um, because you have bugs or your checkout flow is broken or something's wrong with Shopify. That is just the ultimate um, kind of poor pilot. And sure. you have to rip it. You have to say like, hey, please turn off media ASAP. That is like literally, I'm surprised the podcast has gone this long without somebody saying, yeah, there was a broken link one time and it's been six figures. Yeah. Uh, that That is like literally the most um, rudimentary, basic, poor ad, which is your link didn't work. Oh, that's uh, that's a bad one. But also not being able to fulfill orders would be really bad of like you weren't prepared for the scale of TV of like, yeah, this ad's going to air nationally and people that have never heard of your ad are going to hear about it. And is your supply chain ready for TV? And that's always one of my earliest questions to a brand of like, are you ready for TV? Like, can you fulfill the orders? I'm not saying this to like scare you. Can you do you have the inventory to fulfill the orders? Because it hits when it works. And yeah, it would suck to tell all these new customers that yeah, we're sold out. And that's a, that's a, a bad first brand experience for someone that's just learning about your brand for the first time. My gosh. Okay. All right. Let's talk about a financial principle here for somebody that wants to get into TV advertising. Um, creative is the most expensive part. What, um, what would you say like that their first investment should be into creative conservatively, right? Like, let's just say they're going to test a hundred grand on TV. Um, what should, what should they throw aside on the creative and uh, who should they be talking to? I think it's more about quality of like, you don't want, you don't need to win some award. You're not trying to you know, win a Grammys on this creative. Don't spend so much time and emotional capital of like, what should we go out with on this national campaign? And what celebrity should we pay? You could easily get into 250K, 300K, 500K on TV creative. If just for a test, just to see if it works. And you may spend two quarters thinking about this and meeting after meeting after meeting, brainstorming what's the value prop, what's the messaging. And Tatari's approach is like, treat it like digital. You didn't spend that much time thinking about which Snapchat ad you're gonna go with, what uh, Facebook ad you're gonna enter the market with. Bring that digital prowess into TV and say like, hey, do two to three concepts make each one wildly different from each other. If your CMO is so sure that this one's going to be the champion creative, cool, let he or she do that one. And then let the other person who has a really strong opinion do one his or her way. And the third one, maybe you guys jointly all do one together. And let's put media against it and let's see, let the data tell us which one's actually performing. And that's a better non-emotional way of going about it. Let's just test it and let's see. But putting a price tag on it's tricky because what if you have in-house resources that produce spots and they're just salary workers? What if you have a buddy that owes you one and he could produce 
or she could produce the spots for you um, at $5,000 for the spots, where maybe you don't have any of that and you need to go spend 40 50 k for a whole batch of spots. Um, maybe you feel like you're in such a category that like your competitors are so massive, you, you need to go stomach 100K creative for the batch of them. You need a 100K budget to do that. So I've seen it all. I've seen some really solid spots that in-house production teams have looked up and they've never done a TV commercial before, but they leaned on our playbook and it looks really solid. It doesn't look exactly like the 100K spots, but like you, it's, it's a solid, solid spot for a TV pilot. Man, and I even remember that I was working with one account and they were huge on the TV side and they flew me out to LA for a commercial and I've never seen a commercial shoot before. They had like 30 people in this mansion. Everybody was doing different things. And when I found out it was, I think it cost around 80K, I was like, oh my God, what are y'all doing with this? Yeah. <laughs> you're saying this, I'm like, okay, this actually makes logical sense. It depends if, if that brand's doing, you know, 40 million, $50 million a year in TV oh, yeah. and they know it pays for itself, then yeah, you can stomach that. But if you're just piloting TV, if you're just testing to see if there's anything there for you, then I wouldn't start that high. Oh yeah, and they're getting shoot seven, eight act, you know, million website visits every single month. So I mean, the amount of volume of traffic they're getting is just absolute banana. So I mean, it, it makes sense for the threshold they're at for sure. Yeah. That could be a good lead for you, man. I'll, I'll make a connection. <laughs> Please, man, I'd appreciate it. Thank you. Well, snap, man. Did, was that the financial segment, Zach? <laughs> okay. I wasn't even sure. Dylan's lost. I love it, man. Uh, tell everybody how uh, they can get in touch and how we can support you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so our website's www.tatari.tv. Um, we have a hello account for any like, general questions, but if you have anything sales-related or... Uh, partnership related, you can reach out to me, Skylar at Tatari.tv, S-K-Y-L-E-R at Tatari.tv. Uh, yeah, I'd love to chat, talk about advertising, talk about I love soccer, I love traveling. It doesn't have to just be about work. Uh, but yeah, send me a note. I'd love to, to meet any of your listeners here. Boom. I love it, man. Thank you so much. Of course. It was a pleasure. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Rich Ad Poor Ad Podcast. If you're like me and listen to podcasts on the go, go ahead and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and richadpoorad.com slash podcast. And if you absolutely love the show, go ahead and leave a review and a comment, share with a friend. If you do, take a copy, screenshot of it, email me, zach at funnel-dash.com, show me you left a review, and I'll give you a free copy of the Rich Ad Poor Ad book. To learn more about the book, go to richadpoorad.com. To leave a review, go to richadpored.com slash review. Thanks again.